Who is God? What does the Bible mean? Why am I lying? What is God's will? I want to understand. Reconnect. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Reconnect, the official podcast of Shincheonji, or in English known as New Heaven and New Earth Church. In this podcast, we dive deep into the Bible and gain a better understanding of God's word and his promises that he's given us. I'm your host, TJ, uh, and I'm joined here by Ray and our new MC that we'll be introducing very shortly. But just to let you know, this is the first episode of season two. So we are back in season two. Ray, <laughs> how do you feel? I feel pretty good. You know, change is, is good as, as that old adage is. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to who this mystery MC will be. <laughs> <laughs> and we have him waiting right here. So please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Date. I've been for the church for about seven years now. Super excited to be part of the podcast, and hopefully, I can touch any and everyone that does possibly need help. Thank you, Jen. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. So, today, this is the first episode of season two, as I said, and I was thinking a lot about what episode to start off season two. And, you know, we could go for、uh, a lot of interesting topics, but I thought that because it is the first episode, we should go back to the basics、mm. and really talk about the foundation of our faith. Which is essentially the Bible. So today, the topic will be what is the purpose of the Bible? Now, you may have already heard, and you probably know that the Bible is the world's bestseller. Oh, yeah. Why is it? And you know, you've probably seen in your friend's house or even your home、uh, that you'll have at least one Bible in your house. I have a million. So, what is、yeah. this book? Yeah. What is this book and why do we have it? Why do we read it even as Christians? Sometimes we don't know. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Excited? Let's do it. Before going into、uh, really understanding what the Bible is and what the purpose of God giving us the Bible is, let's just talk about what our walk of faith has been prior to learning about the Bible. Ray, so before you learned the Bible here at、um, New Heaven, New Earth, What was your understanding or perception of the Bible as a Christian? Because you were a Christian before, right? Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah, my whole life.、Um, growing up as a Christian, the, the Bible was something that I was told had all this importance to it. And it's something that you open on a Wednesday or a Sunday or、um, in Sunday school, like I did. But my actual knowledge of it was very superficial. In fact, my entire Life as a Christian was really superficial. So, my understanding of the Bible was entirely surface level, if that makes sense. So, God is important. Jesus is important. The, the stories that are in the Bible, okay, great. They have, a, they have some kind of moral thing that you can take away from them and try to apply to your everyday life. But really, that was the majority of my time growing up as a Christian. And, and until I got to the point, Where I, I realized that a lot of the things that my family had taught me, my pastors had taught me, even educators at the Christian schools that I went to had taught me,、um, were really just based more on morality than anything else, if that makes sense. And, and I, I think that's the same way it's been for a, a lot of Christians, where you find yourself applying the Bible because you don't have much of a knowledge 
of it because you haven't read much of it yourself. So you end up applying it to, you know, a completely different aspect than what it's actually intended for. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah. I mean, so what, what you're saying is you learn that the Bible is important. Yeah. Right. But you don't really understand why it's important. Yeah. Actually, yeah. This is the tool that's supposed to connect you to knowing God and, and knowing Jesus. But that wasn't something that was really taught much of to me growing up. And that might, that actually might seem, especially from the, the, the perspective that I have now, that might seem like very strange, but it was actually very moral. It, because a lot of the sermons that I went to was like, okay, these were just things, things taken from the Bible to relate to everyday, quote unquote, everyday, everyday life things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like that too. For me, it was every Sunday I would take my Bible off the bookshelf and kind of dust it off. <laughs> getting dust and it was more like an accessory to me because if i yeah, go to church yeah. without a bible it just doesn't seem right it's like you don't you didn't put on your shoes um but that was it that was my perception of the bible and like you said oh yeah the bible is important but why right yeah i was missing the why yeah, yeah. I, I like how you talked about it, it was uh something you use as an accessory and i, I do think that's the case <laughs> Because if, because you go through the week and, and Monday I'm me, Tuesday I'm, I'm me or whatever. And then Wednesday I'm Christian me, mm. you know, Wednesday night <laughs> for Wednesday night service, Thursday passes, Friday passes, Saturday passes and Sunday morning. Okay. Well, I'm Christian me again. So I have to put on that uniform and, and that High uniform, exactly that uniform. And then the biggest uh -huh. accessory of that, that they dust off just like you're saying, or like my, like. <laughs> My mom and dad might do like actually take a rag and actually make sure that the leather bound Bible that they can, it's like shining, that um, the accessory. Yeah. So a lot of Christians, I'm not sure if they relate, but it's considered an accessory, whether it's intentional or unintentional, but this is because they don't really understand why it's important, but we'll get to that. Definitely. Uh, before we do, Dave, um, can you tell us about your experience? Yeah. So my walk of faith prior to learning the word here was a very interesting one. I went to Catholic school uh, for first to sixth grade and I mm -hmm. surprisingly didn't really learn anything about the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, learned about the fundamentals or just the mindset. You know, we had this like golden rule, treat others the way you want, to be, want it to be treated. Mm, yeah. And that was pretty much really all I learned there in terms of religion. And I moved to a public school, a much bigger school, a better neighborhood. And that's where I met friends that were Muslims. I had friends that were sheiks, atheists. They were all my friends. And as a kid that was 12, 11, you know, you don't really know too much. And let alone the Bible, reading the Bible. Oh my gosh, at 11 and 10, I'm, I'm sure there's 11 and 10 year olds that read the Bible, but it wasn't me at that time. <laughs> and It wasn't me either. <laughs> so, you know, just as I continually met others that were not Christian or Catholic, I it started to question my beliefs and because it was along the lines of, you know, if I have my Muslim friend, it's like, well, you're going to hell because you don't believe what I believe. And then they're thinking the same thing towards me. 
And so for me, it was, all right, this doesn't make sense. This can't be true. This can't be the way to God. And so it made me question everything that I knew prior. And it made me question everything that all my friends knew as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I went for a really, really long time as agnostic. I identified as an agnostic person, not very spiritual, <laughs> but, you know, believing in spirits. I believed that there was a higher power, there was a creator. Mm-hmm. However, I did not necessarily believe that humans knew the way to reach or connect with that higher being. So I questioned intensively. If somebody tried to evangelize me, I would try to evangelize you into showing you that you don't really know. Um, that was really, <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, walk of uh, faith before really learning the Bible. It was pretty non-existent. <laughs> but is that why you eventually came to question and search answers in the Bible? Yeah, I was always seeking. So if somebody uh, invited me to go to a church, I would go. I would definitely go. I would give the pastor a chance. I would give everyone there a chance. But it's to the point where if they didn't answer my questions, I wouldn't go back because I grew up going to church. Kind of similar to Ray, right? I I grew up going to these uh, churches, but then I didn't want to just go to Easter and then just go to... Yeah. (laughs) As you get older, it kind of slowed down. So it was like, or at least for me, it kind of slowed down. And I got tired of, you know, going Easter... Christmas. Christmas, I didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to stay inside. Easter was a a day off from school. I wanted to relax. Uh, So, so I I really That extends to every Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was more along the lines of that. Whenever I got presented with the opportunity, I would definitely go because I didn't consider myself as one who uh, knows everything. And I still don't consider myself as one who knows everything. I I give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but, you know, at that time, I didn't really know anything and Mm. neither did anyone I met. But, you know, what you're saying reminds me of my years in high school because my mother was an avid Christian. She would go all week and she would force me to go all week. And until middle school, I I thought it was okay. But in high school, uh, all these questions I had being unanswered kind of put me in this phase of being a very combative Christian in the sense that um, I would question everybody. And if they don't answer me using the Bible, I would just consider their answers opinion. Oh, so that's your perspective. Wow. Because I I grew up um, going to a Baptist church in Korea, which is an uncommon thing, I would say, because I think about 80% of Korean churches are Presbyterians and the other 15 is... Methodist and the remaining five are Baptists. <laughs> but, you know, going to a Baptist church, I had my questions about why you have to be fully submerged and then going to a Methodist church and hearing what they have to say. And also the most peculiar thing I found was about Presbyterian churches and their belief of predestination. So all these questions, when I felt like all these pastors and evangelists had conflicting answers, that's what really got me. And I was really seeking answers. And This is when I started to turn to the Bible, eventually. I mean, it took some time for me to get there, but that's when I realized that the answer can only be grounded in the Bible because everything else is man-made opinion if you don't ground your reasons in the Bible. Wow. I I like that eventually. (laughs) That that eventually connected 
pretty well for me because yeah, yeah. for me, it was university. That was the time where I started seeing a lot more examples of people who claim to be Christians just like me, but the details of what they believe, their denominations and things like that were so vastly different. There was no consensus. And mm-hmm. so for me, yeah, exactly. I eventually got to have a knowledge of the Bible and actually come to this church, in which, which opened everything up for me. But that period of time leading up to that, I just walked away from the Bible altogether. It stayed on my shelf for sure, but there was a definite pause. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you have all this, this noise and it's like, okay, well, I, maybe I just need to take a break and then I'll figure something out. And it's like, uh, I, I, I would not advise that method, but. <laughs> you guys are, are pretty great in that respect that you guys were able to notice that. For me, I, I didn't really notice that there were different denominations or anything of that nature. I just oh, wow. was like, no, I didn't know the difference between a Christian and a Catholic. I, I had Presbyterian, yeah. Baptist, Methodist. What? That's like, <laughs> you're, you're speaking in another language to me at that point in time. <laughs> I just knew like, hey, it doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I was lucky because I went to a Baptist church in Korea, which made me encounter friends who went to a Presbyterian church and I would say, are you baptized? And I'm like, yeah, like, so how are you baptized? And they're like, oh, I just got like some water sprinkled on my forehead. And to me, what I learned in church was that you have to be fully submerged in order for your baptism to be valid. And if you're not baptized, you're not saved. So a lot of these um, conflicting ideas are what got me to question. And that's what essentially brought me to studying the Bible and in an extension of that, this is what we're talking about the Bible in this episode. So the answers have been in the Bible, but before we go deep into any other topics, it's important for us to understand what the Bible is, right? So can you guys give us some understanding as to what is the Bible? The Bible, simply put, is God's word. He is the author of it. And it's something that before I learned was extremely complicated. The interesting thing is you don't need to be a rocket scientist. All you need to be is someone who can logically think, right? Because God writes, the way he writes is so simple and Mm -hmm. he uses people to record it. He used about Mm -hmm. 35 to 40 prophets to write this word. And again, it is God ultimately that is writing. So for example, if I asked Ray to uh, write something for me, write an email for me, because right now maybe I was driving at the moment, the message is still mine, right? It's just a different hands that are, are, that are recording it or a different utensil that is, you know, delivering that message. And I think this is something that's really important because a lot of people seem to think that the Bible is self-help books or something of that nature. And I I believe that we're gonna get into the details a little bit later, but just to dust off the surface, that is definitely that the Bible is written by God and it is recorded by human beings. And I'll save some for you guys. I don't wanna take it all off. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, Dave, it's written by 35 to 40 different prophets and it's a compilation of 66 books. So, We have on this book, on the cover, it says Holy Bible, right? And Bible, uh, which is a Greek word, I believe it's Biblia, which means literally books, right? 
is a compilation of 66 books written over a span of 1,600 years. A lot of Christians don't know this, but the Bible was written over an extensive period of time, written by different people. And Dave says that it's written by God. The author is God. So this is something that I think we need to talk about just briefly. Uh, so why do you say that this is written by God? What evidence is there for us to believe that this is God written? So you perfectly teed me up, actually. Uh, <laughs> did I? <laughs> yeah, because there's no way that a human being could record something along these lines for 1600 years and use so many different people from so many different regions of the earth at different time periods and have it all make sense and have it all have a singular purpose, right? You have time and you have location as a barrier for these mm. people to be able to connect or communicate. And then you also have language. The Bible is not written in all in one language. It is written in different languages. But as you say, when you compile them, when you put them together, you can see a clear focus of what God is truly trying to say mm. through that. And it's very, very, very consistent. Um, just going off of what you said, Dave, I want to play devil's advocate. Some people <laughs> say, and by some people, I'm talking about my atheist friends that I've met in the past. I've explained this to them, that it's so consistent across a span of 1,600 years with multiple variables that you can't ignore, right? Language, region, people, all these different uh, variables. And yet they say, yeah, but what if it's an inside job like the Illuminati or whatever? It's like a whole, like this entire thing is a conspiracy to create one big religion. So what do you say to that? One, knowing what religion is and knowing God's true purpose, you know, that's kind of true. God does want us all to be united, right? And everyone does have this big fear of, you know, oh, one world religion. Oh, that's the worst thing that can happen. It's like, no, <laughs> that literally the best thing that could happen, God ruling, but <laughs> let's put that aside, right? Uh, for it to be a, a one-man job, right? Or an inside job, a conspiracy, if you will, yes. And when you when you really think about it, and I like to use this example a lot, uh, so apologies if you heard this example. If I was to say, when we leave from this recording session, if you're going to go find $5. And then two weeks after that, there's going to be uh, a raffle for a car. Pick your car of choice, BMW, whatever, right? It's going to be a raffle. If you enter, you will win. Two weeks after that, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lottery for $10,000. Whatever number you pick, it will hit. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it sounds pretty good, but realistically, you're thinking like, what is, what is Dave talking about? <laughs> like, and he, he's definitely lost one right now. You leave the recording session okay. on your way home, you find $5. Coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you feeling? Oh, this is kind of like a coincidence. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe he put it there somehow, some way. Right. Two weeks later, car <laughs> raffle near my house. <laughs> There's never been a car raffle, period. But okay, by my house now. All right. I might as well enter. And then you win the car. You hear another two weeks after that. Oh, there's a lottery, a lottery going on. And you're like, well, I might as well enter it, right? 
You're thinking, I might, what do I have to lose? They was yes. right. And then you went. <laughs> now, what are you thinking? At that point, yeah. <laughs> not only that, not only that, but how did he know? And if you're really, really uh, seeking, you're going to say, yeah. hey, Dave, what else is going to happen? You're going to want to know more. And that is God in a nutshell. That small example is what God actually does. Mm -hmm. Within the Bible, he makes, mm -hmm. if you want to call these predictions, but they're not actually predictions, they're prophecies, right? They're things that are going to happen. And so when they do happen, they're already recorded. And thus we can look back and say, ah, he said mm -hmm. that this was going to happen, right? And that's John 14, 29, right? I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. It's the same exact logic. And I love to share that uh, story with people who think it's right. some type of conspiracy because there's no one that can control every single aspect of someone's life. People can't make plans for the future and have them come true 100% of the time. Mm. Yeah, like, you know, make promises and, and break them pretty much on a daily basis make promises with ourselves and <laughs> you know i'm gonna wake up at this time nope <laughs> right uh god is definitely not like that all right there. we'll leave it at uh, that <laughs> but i do think that we can cut back to this topic for more detail at a later time perhaps yes. in another episode moving on so we talked about the Bible being a collection of 66 books written by 35 to 40 people, but essentially the author is God because he used those 35 to 40 people to um, write his will, his words. And then the question simply comes down to why did he write this book? If God is the author, what is the purpose of this book? Because every book has a purpose for a history book is to record history. If it's a fiction book, it's to tell a story. So what is the Bible? What is the purpose of it? Well, the, the purpose of the Bible, uh, let me, let me kind of give a different situation here. I don't know about you guys, but I've always kept a diary. <laughs> so not me. <laughs> I am. I have actually, I, I haven't been as a, I haven't been as consistent with it. <laughs> a lot of the things that I put in there, it wasn't just observations that I had. Um, of, of things that I had in my everyday life, but like I just said, there was a lot of plans, in them. A, a lot of plans that I had for the future, things I wanted to do, things that I was in the middle of doing. Hmm. And it might seem strange to connect something like a diary or a journal to the Bible, but that's definitely one way you can look at it because really the Bible is God's testament. It's, it's his story. Hmm. It's him putting together all these different events and, and things that he has gone through personally, because God does have feelings with things that he's gone through personally, but more importantly, piece by piece, the, the plan that he's been continuing from the very beginning to reach a certain purpose. And that purpose for, for us as Christians, we say, yeah, well, eternal life, you know, that's, that's what we want, but for God. Yes, it's, it's that, but it's reconnection with him. So what the Bible actually is, is this book where God has poured his heart into to show his plan to all of us. And by all of us, I mean, namely sinners. Mm -hmm. Because regardless of whether you've been a Christian for uh, five minutes, whether you, you weren't at all, <laughs> you know, 
like and all the, the different backgrounds that the three of us have had, you know, that's the one thing that we have in common. That's the one thing that humanity has in common is that we have this condition of sin that we're we're it. And what the Bible does is at least points us in the direction of like, hey, there's a solution for this. And there is a a plan that's been going on for a long time that can get us to the point where it's like, okay, how can we solve this? Well, you could find it here. And it's God himself that has made this possible. Mm, okay. So as you said, just to summarize, so the purpose of the Bible through all this collection, God putting these pieces together, as you would say, um, the purpose of this is eternal life. Yep. God is trying to tell us that there is eternal life. And I'd like to quote a Bible verse here. It's in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. And it says that the reason this is being written to us, so the Bible, is to tell us that there is eternal life. The purpose of the Bible is to let us know, or sinners, as Ray said, that there is eternal life. And that also equates to reconnection. Yeah. Reconnection, um, eternal life. They're essentially the same thing if you understand the Bible. God is the source of life. So if we're reconnected to him, then we have eternal life. And then the question naturally comes down to, again, why do we need eternal life and why do we need to be reconnected by the name of our podcast? Why do we need to be reconnected with God? It's a simple question with a simple answer. Logically speaking, because we are disconnected, because we don't have eternal life. So why is that? Maybe we can go uh, into a little bit of a background story here. Why is it that we are disconnected from God? Mm, I feel like this is uh, this is something that we've covered on a previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that we've been talking about until this point is somewhat like taking bits and pieces from our previous episodes. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, going back, um, whether you're a Christian or not, you know the story of Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden, and and you know from that that point in Genesis three, where you have God who has actually created Adam, created Eve, given Adam this great privilege of being able to communicate with him one-on-one mm-hmm. as in like in his presence and he's not dead. Like that, that is, that is. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who don't understand what Ray just said there, communicating with God one-on-one and not being dead, please go back to um, our episode, what is the meaning of holy? And then you'll find out that in the presence of God, because of his holiness, if you are a sinner, if you have sin, you will die. Uh, shortcut is Exodus chapter 33, verse 20. But yes, um, Adam had that privilege. You were saying that? <laughs> yes, he did. He had that privilege. And, you know, he was given this position of having dominion in the garden. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much like God trust him fully. But then we all know that situation came where... The serpent appears and tips Eve and Eve eats the fruit. And then Adam's like, hey, what's up? Like, this tastes good. And then he takes the fruit and he's like, well, cool. Well, you know, if you're eating it, I'll eat it too. It's, it's all right. And, <laughs> you know, from that moment on, sin enters the world. And, and with sin, there's death. And that's a situation where you can no longer have that privilege of being able to commune with God face to face, to be in his mm-hmm. presence, to be able to uh, have eternal life like he has eternal life. Because once sin entered, 
you know, God can no longer be in our presence. And really from that point on, that's been the source of all the, the cycle of like aging and, and sickness and death that we have in the world, um, over roughly the past 6,000 years that, that God has been working since that, since that very moment. And, um, the Bible is the, the only tool, the only thing that, that God has put himself into, to where we can have a solution to, to getting us reconnected to getting us back to that place where it's not just being able to talk to someone face to face, but having the condition of being able to have eternal life, like he has, like he, like he's always intended us for to have as humans. Yeah. I would like to build onto that. Actually, uh, the thought of God being this, uh, eternal being and us also having this eternal life. It is something that we can't fathom. We can't process what that is because we've never seen it before, right? And usually whenever I do see it, like in movies or some type of drama, uh, it's actually portrayed as a negative thing. People don't want to necessarily live for a really long time, right? It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, and that's actually true. You don't want to live forever if you don't have God, right? You don't, yeah. you don't want to live forever if you don't have God. And what do I mean by having God is more of we're actually human beings are houses for spirits, right? And first Corinthians three, nine, 16, right? You will see that we are God's building. Or yeah. if you wanted to look up a, a parable, if you will, for it, it would be in, in Matthew 12, 43 to 45, right? And we would see that. You know, we are houses for these spirits and depending on if our house is clean or if our house is dirty, that would dictate what spirit is ultimately living inside of us. Right. And so if we have a quote unquote dirty house, right, if our if we're not doing the things that God perceives as good, then you know, and the reason why I say what God perceives as good, because we have our own perception of good, right? If we're not doing those things, then we're not living with God. That's where a lot of problems can come in, right? But when we're living with God, we have no worries, right? We have no problems whatsoever when God is with us. The only problem will become from external sources, but Internally, we will be at peace. And that's something that I think also uh, is really uh, beneficial for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so I'm going to try and add up what Ray said and when you said, Dave. Um, So the reason we need eternal life is because we're disconnected with God. And that's because of this incident that happened um, in the time of Adam. Sin entered the world. And sin leads to death. This is in the first chapter of James. That's right. Right. So it's because of sin that death came into the world. And just imagine, because if you've read Genesis and if you know about the story of Adam and Eve, God allowed Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of life. And if they eat from the tree of life, it is said that they would have eternal life. So had they not eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would have lived forever. They would have had eternal life. And even without it, 
Adam lived to be how many years old? Ooh, 900. Yeah, 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few days. 30. <laughs> and Methuselah, the oldest person I recorded in the Bible was 969, right? Ooh. 969. And as you said, Dave, we see eternal life as such a negative thing um, because essentially we picture eternal life without God. But yes, this is exactly why we need to understand the Bible so that we understand eternal life in the way God tries to tell us. But what we need to know is that the purpose of the Bible is eternal life, to be connected with God. And the Bible is God's words trying to tell us how to attain it. So it's more like, simply put, a treasure map or a blueprint mm. as to how we can attain that eternal life, is it not? Yeah. But if you look at the Bible, it seems not simple. I'm going to say not simple because it is, it isn't complicated, but it isn't simple if you're not taught what the Bible is, because you have pieces of history, you have pieces of prophecies, also instructions, and all these things seem so diverse and irrelevant to each other. But God is saying that all these 66 books and these different contents are to give us eternal life by understanding them. So this is what's interesting, and this is why we need to understand the Bible to attain eternal life. And let me quote a Bible verse here. In John chapter 17, verse 3, it says, Eternal life is knowing the Father, knowing the true Father, one true God, and the one he has sent, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. So if you think about what that means, God can give us eternal life when we know the one true God, and the one he has sent. Now, focus on the point where it says we have to know instead of believe. Because believing, the premise of believing is first you must know. right? And that is why we need to know the Bible because God says in the Bible that he is the word. In John chapter 1 verse 1, God says himself that he is the word that he has written here. Mm. And that is how we attain eternal life. But I think for a lot of our listeners, and I'm not sure about um, Ray, Dave, when you first learned the Bible and you learned that the purpose of it is eternal life, it still seems a bit fuzzy as to how reading this and understanding it will give us eternal life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so, <clears throat> it was so like, uh, okay, I, I see that, I guess. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> it makes I guess sense. so. <laughs> what are we learning next? <laughs> it was it was like that for me. It was yeah, because it was something I couldn't process. Yeah. No. It's something that even even to this day, like I, to be in complete honesty, I, I don't I still don't know what that looks like. Right? (laughs) Of course. course. Until it happens. But I do know God. I know Mm. him. I know his word. And I know his promise. And I know the promises that he has made in the past. And he kept those. There's zero reasons for me not to believe this. Out of all the ones that he has done, and a lot of them have been like wild extremely wild 
small, minute details kept. Yeah. And this one is huge. And he's not going to keep that one? Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we've talked on previous episodes about some of the promises that God has made and what he's fulfilled. Looking in the Bible to see examples of those. One thing about the Bible is it's the ultimate tool we can use to check like God's background. Check to see if he's someone who keeps his word or not. Background check. Because it, it, it's, it's, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's like, uh, for, for, for those who are, of our listeners who might be unfamiliar, you know, if you, if you try to get a job, like in Korea, and, and, and I know it's the same with other countries as well. Even even in even in the U.S. where I'm from, like, look, you have to do like a background check, either either on a state level or or a government level, like the FBI background check or something like that. And and they do it just you know, of course, to see what's what's hiding there in your past. And when it comes to the Bible and, and how it relates to God, if you're looking for a reason to doubt God, you're not going to find it in the Bible. However, you will find every reason that he is someone that you can trust. It's like Dave was saying, absolutely. That even the things that we as humans, because of our human lives and, and especially like um, there have been times that in my own life where I've said that, you know, oh, I don't I would I would like to live to be like 87. <laughs> Why 87? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, and I want to, <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I only want to get so old. <laughs> because for us, we don't have that that full concept of what living eternally actually looks like. But mm-hmm. despite not knowing how that looks like, um, just like you were saying, Dave, it's knowing God's background, we can trust him fully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and when you get to 87, you're going to be like, oh, please, uh. 187. <laughs> 88. Amazing. God, please, 88. <laughs> but you brought up a good point uh, that I think we didn't touch on is also like when you're looking at the Bible, right? If you're looking for, like you said, looking for reasons not to trust God, right? It's really interesting. Like, why do we open the Bible and why do we look? What do What are we looking for? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when we're opening up the Bible, we've been talking about it is the purpose is to reconnect with God. But what we're actually going to find if we're actually looking at like looking at the Bible for what it is, we're going to find a lot of fault, a lot of errors, but it's going to be within ourselves. Yeah. Right. We're going to see a lot of things that we need to actually grow. The Bible is like a, a mirror. Right. And if we have, if we look in the mirror in the morning and you have, you know, something that you don't like on your face, you're going to try to clear it out, crust in the eye or whatever it may be, some drool, right? You're going to try to, you're going to clean that up and then go out, right? You're not just going to ignore that. And spiritually, when we look in the Bible, we should also see those things and, and, and work every day to minimize them and, and to be better. Right. Yeah. We're not perfect, but that's that's the purpose. Mm. So I think that's important. What you just mentioned, trying to kind of clean ourselves up because uh, the Bible is acting as a mirror. This is essentially because there is a condition that we need to meet in order to receive that eternal life that God has promised us. So as I said before, 
It might be a little bit fuzzy for you to just basically understand that the purpose of the Bible is to give us eternal life. But then you ask, like, how? How is the Bible going to give me eternal life? Well, that's where we need to dive a lot deeper and understand exactly how God will give us that eternal life. And it's specifically recorded that he has a plan. And this plan will be fulfilled because, as we've been saying here, God is faithful. God keeps his word. And this is why we trust in the Bible. This is something that we're going to go deeper into uh, in another episode. But that is the gist of the purpose of the Bible, eternal life. So the next question is, how do we attain it? But before we go into that, I think it's important to address uh, the kind of attitude that we have when we're coming before the Bible seeking eternal life, right? Even before, if you were considering the Bible as an accessory, as we said, <laughs> or uh, you're thinking of it as a self-help book or something that you find interesting because it has a lot of interesting history uh, or you feel like it's like fused with fantasy because like Moses is splitting the Red Sea. No, you have to read the book according to the purpose of the author, right? And the author wants to give you eternal life through this book. So if you haven't been reading the Bible in, in accordance with that purpose, now is the time to recalibrate uh, your intention and um, your purpose as to why you're reading the Bible to what God is saying. So that's one really important thing. And another um, attitude um, that we should have when we're looking at the Bible is what? What do you think another important attitude that we should have is to just get to tell our audience? The attitude that we should have should be one of a seeking heart. One of, as I mentioned earlier, looking for how can I be better? How can I get better? Right. And really the only way to do that is to understand. Right. Because if you're thinking of how can I get better, but you're looking at the Bible as a self-help book and not necessarily how can I reconnect with God. Right. The purpose of getting better is to reconnect with God. Right. So we can't lose focus of that as well. Right. Yeah. And knowing the truth, not knowing partially, is extremely important. So I always say the attitude that you absolutely need to have is, I need to understand. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I understand and that I can feel what God felt. If you could do those two things, yes. you can learn the Bible in six months. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I like your conviction there. If you have those two things, you can learn the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Because we've seen how Definitely. many we've seen many people start, but then they don't necessarily have the the will to understand. Right? Mm -hmm. But they just want to have yeah. the heart of God. They just want to have mm -hmm. all this emotion, right? But we also seen the opposite. People who just want to understand but have no emotional ties whatever with God. But humans aren't like that at all. Right. No, we like, for example, everyone went to school. I'm sure a lot of people, maybe not all, but most have procrastinated. Right. And so like, <laughs> you know, in your mind that it needs to be done. But in your heart, I don't want to do it. I'd rather go do this. I'd rather go talk to this person. Yeah. I'd rather do that. Right. 
if your mind and your heart are not in sync, then you're not going to achieve the ultimate goal of what you're seeking, right? <laughs> I think that is extremely important to have those two in sync when looking towards the Bible and not looking at it as just, this is going to help me prosper. Become a better person. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, I think you touched on a very important point, which is we have to have a seeking heart because what we're seeking is incredibly important. I mean, think about the words eternal life. If this is true, then there isn't anything more important to seek. Yeah. I think it was C.S. Lewis, and he said something along the lines of, if Christianity is, is false, then it doesn't really matter. But if it's true, then it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Right? So if eternal life is true, then this is something that you have to dive into and give it your all because it is so important. So... Dave, I really think it's important for us to have that seeking heart and not to procrastinate if we understand that this is important. <laughs> because I know that uh, we all have our shares of procrastinating paths. Uh, we do. We do. <laughs> so just to wrap up our episode today, because we're running out of time, the purpose of the Bible was for God to give us eternal life and to attain eternal life, we have to understand the Bible. Because by understanding it, we understand the blueprint and the map that God has given us so that we can acquire this blessing that he has promised us. Mm. But in order to do that, we have to have a seeking heart that is in sync, both in heart and knowledge, right? And only then can we truly start to understand the Bible, not in partiality, but in completion. Amen. So that's all for today. Uh, if you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, and share with your friends. And we will be back with another episode very soon. Very soon. But until then, uh, this has been your host, TJ. And Ray. And Dave. And you've been listening to Reconnect. <laughs> Reconnect. Oh, man, we did. We did do it in unison. That's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.